This is an ABC podcast. On this episode of Simply the Jest, grab your sunscreen and your hat because we are heading straight to the backyard. You'll hear about backyard accents, backyard arrests, and a whole lot of defecation. Completely exploded. What? Like the serial killer? Yeah, the serial killer, yeah. No! Did you say you died? Are you back from the dead? What? Are you a ghost? I am back from the dead. At what point did you realise you were (laughs) swimming in the pool of one of the most famous musicians of all time? Like, too late. (laughs) Is this a Ratatouille situation? Oh, here we go. Hello. Hello. Simply the Jest. Australia's best stories. Hello there, welcome to Simply the Jest, you lucky thing. My name's Lewis Hover. My name's Michael Hing. Uh, toot toot, I'm little skipper Jess Perkins. Oh, oh. it's the big skip oh. and the little toot. What? <laughs> the third musketeer. Uh, g'day Perker, how's it going this week? How are you? Uh, I'm great. I'm having a lovely time. Mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with you. What more could I possibly ask for in yeah. life? Can I say a big thank you to you, Jess Perkins, for RSVPing to my wedding invitation. <sighs> Uh, saying you'll come. Yes. Um, Lewis has RSVP to the one event he's invited to. Yep. Um, and no. he's trying to work his way up the chain. That's not true. I'm invited to three of six. Your fiance, she's gone, she's gone a, she went over your head and yeah, invited me to more stuff. It's infuriating. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm loving it. <laughs> I, and was I noisy about it? Did I make a bit of a thing and may imply that if I wasn't invited to at least half of these six events, there would be hell to pay at the, mm-hmm. at the office? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> yeah. I'm not above that. Mm-hmm. But, like, re- it got results, didn't it? Yeah, it's true. It's the dead. squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs> uh, if you've never joined us to Simple the Jest, it is a podcast where we solve... Petty grievances between the three of us, whether they're wedding-related or not. No, it's a storytelling podcast. We give you a topic and you send in your very best stories on the topic. And Jess Perkins, you know what she does? She picks her favourite one and crowns them Simply the Jest. And Perko, the topic this week for Simply the Jest is the backyard. Now, Mm. as a child, were you an outdoors kid? Were you allowed to be in the backyard? Yeah, I was allowed. Um, <laughs> almost exclusively, I was kicked out of the house. <laughs> she was an outside um, Jess. Yeah, I was raised in the fifties. Yeah, right. I said okay. I want you to leave at sunrise and be back by dusk. Um, <laughs> Perko should be seen and not heard. <laughs> and now you work on radio, where it's the opposite. It's the opposite, <laughs> and you do not want to see me. Um, <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the backyard, actually, which might surprise you. But like, I had so our next door neighbours had uh, when they moved in, they had a kid the same age as me, and we quickly became good friends. We went through primary school together, um, remained friends for well into our adulthood. Mm. And um, But one time I went over to see if she wanted to play and she was like, oh, I can't play today. I've got family visiting. Um, we're having like a big big family thing today. And I was like, cool, whatever. Walked home feeling very rejected, oh, lonely. Got to learn sometime, Perko. Devastated. <laughs> I was like, I'm not good enough to play. And so then I did a normal thing uh-huh. that, a, uh, that any normal child would do and I was just sort of playing alone in the backyard and I could hear them having a nice time next door. So I just thought, well, I'll climb up into this tree and mm. just watch them for a little bit. <laughs> mm. and, okay. And you watch them just having a great time without Jess? Yeah. Just having a good time, just listening to their laughter alone <laughs> in a tree. It's like going to the movies, um, but the movie you're watching is A Happy Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm oh, not a part of. This is a great story. Mm. Can I? I? I don't know if this is too behind the curtain for this, but um, Perko, we're obviously friends. Well, we're colleagues. And I have. I think you called it an understanding. An understanding. Last yes, we have an understanding. I've, I've heard you tell that story before. 
And the last time I heard you tell that story, you referred to the next door neighbour as your best friend. Oh, yes. And this time you downgraded it to good friend. Mm. I think because last time you told this story, I mocked you mercilessly that you got rejected <laughs> by your best friend. She was my best friend, my childhood best friend. <laughs> Lived next door, didn't want to play with me one time. It wasn't that she didn't want to, just couldn't. Yeah, Had family ch- visiting. Is there a chance the friendship was one way, the best friendship was one way? No. No, okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, no, that's cool. No, hey, I, no much that's... like Lewis and I agree that we are best friends. He thinks oh. I am also his best friend. <laughs> I could move on. I, I <laughs> No, I actually, that's reminded me of a, I don't know if this is also just like doubling up on sad childhood backyard stories. <laughs> Here we go. But when I was uh, I, when I was born, I, we was born in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and I also had a friend who lived across, there was like a park, at the out, little park out the back, and my best friend Liam lived across the park. We were like months apart in age. Basically, had been grown up together since we were born. Sure. And then when I was five, my parents were like, we're moving to the country. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm sure there'll be another friend I could find in my backyard. <laughs> and then when I found out where we were moving, our backyard was like hundreds of kilometres of national park. Mm. So I was like, oh, it's going to take me days to walk to the other <laughs> side of this. Uh, so I just didn't have any friends for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and we see the result of that today, obviously. <laughs> I, and I still would prefer that than having Jess as my best friend. <laughs> brutal. Brutal stuff. Brutal stuff. I would... Oh, Perko, I would love to be your friend one day. No, we, thank you, Michael. When we go into... What? Oh, come on! Come on! Oh, come on! This is such a complicated game of rejection. <laughs> I don't even know who the top dog is anymore. Uh, there's never a dog. It's just a, we're all just in a hamster wheel together. It's like a really like, rolling around at the bottom. Nerdy dating show where everyone's a bit sad and no one can make it work. Um, no one outside of this trio wants to be friends with any of us. No, yet of we're not. all we have and we still just shit all over each other. Well, you know who do you want to be friends with me? My neighbour, Jono, actually, when I was a kid. Jono, he was great. He was. Somewhat of a delinquent, obviously, because he grew up in Illawong. A lot of kids were. Um, and he, uh, when we were young, downloaded a thing called the Anarchist's Cookbook off the oh, internet. Yeah. And in my and his his mum said we weren't allowed to burn things in his backyard, which I think is fair enough. Mm. I think the, actually what she should have said to him was, you shouldn't set things on fire. But he was like, no, nah, mum says we can't do it in my backyard. So can we go over to your place? And I was like, oh, okay, we can come over. So we went back to my place. And uh, in, and we went into a, my, an old tree house that we had, mm. uh, which was kind of, we, we didn't really play in it much. It was kind of overgrown by a lot of vines and stuff. Jono opened his backpack and, and took out a block of styrofoam and then a little can of petrol. And he was like, I read on the internet, this is how you make napalm. <laughs> and I was like 12. <laughs> Jono was a bit older. And he was like, Jono yeah. was 43. <laughs> Oh, did I not mention that? Yeah, no. Jono worked at the Coles. Jono had actually served in Vietnam yeah. and seen Napalm firsthand. <laughs> he had a lot of flashbacks. And he goes, Michael, we've got to be careful. They could be watching us in the trees. No, so he was he was a couple of years older. He had the, you know, and he put this thing and he goes, Oh, do you want to make a bit of napalm? And I was like, What's that? And he goes, Oh, it's like, it's like, it's like it burns really well. And I was like, Oh, this feels a bit dangerous. Anyway. He, um, because again, he was an older kid, so he sort of just made a, he sort of stir, stirred it up in the little um, bucket we had, and then like kind of set it on fire on a little brick pathway in our backyard. And what we didn't realize was that there was that was on top of an ant's nest that was underneath the bricks, and suddenly 
like thousands, thousands and thousands of ants were like pouring out of this <gasps> out of this brickwork, and they were like, you know, obviously having a terrible time because a delinquent had set fire to them and their <laughs> home and was smoking them out, and they all just started running into the pool. Oh, and so then anyway, so the the path's on fire. There's ants in the pool, <laughs> and the ants are on fire. I imagine because napalm kind of sticks. Well, so, some of them are, yeah, and they're just kind of like burning, and others are just like fleeing into the pool. The whole thing's a nightmare. I'm like freaking out because I'm like, this could. Like, if, you know, I don't want the grass to catch on fire. I'm like, I'm getting like buckets of pool water to try and put out the napalm. But I don't think, I don't even know this about napalm. It doesn't go out very easily, <laughs> you guys. It's just burning. And so I'm like freaking out and I'm swearing at Jono. And my mum comes out. I'm, and she's like, what are you boys doing? I'm like, oh, we just made napalm, mum. I'm real sorry. Now there's ants in the pool. And she's like, you made what? Right. Well, you, Michael, I want you to get all those ants out of the pool. Did not even... I don't think she realised what had happened. She was like, well, clean out the pool. So then Jono and I had to scoop all the ants out of the pool. Anyway, it was, a, it was an absolute... What I'm saying is, don't trust Jono. No. Don't, don't trust yeah. Jono. But don't let you... a 43-year-old man into your treehouse. <laughs> but also, if you um, happen to make some sort of weapon of mass destruction... Hing's mum will mostly just care about the pool. Because oh, if the filter gets clogged, that's going to be Have you got some weapons grade plutonium out there? <laughs> just make sure it's not in the pool. Your father's <laughs> just on the acid, all right? And the salt. So don't mess around with it. Uh, we are going to hear a lot of stories about backyards in a moment, including a story about cleaning the gutter, burying the evidence, and popping a squat. Buckle from Byron Bay, what's your backyard story? Well, uh, it was about six or seven years ago. I was um, with my girlfriend at the time living in um, Parkway Drive, uh, just out of Byron there. Shout out to the lads for conquering the world. Yeah. Um, Heard of it? Heard of it? Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I got home uh, about 5.30 in the afternoon and there were police everywhere and they were bundling some big, chubby, huge guy, looked very unkempt, into the back of a um, paddy wagon. Oh. And it turns out we'd we'd been living next to Peter Foster, the con man, for about a year and a half. <gasps> oh. So, so, for people who don't I know who got- Peter Foster is, he's like, he's like an international con man. He once ripped off, I think, the... Or he had some sort of financial dealings with the wife of the British Prime Minister, Tony yeah, Blair, that, at yes. the time. He was like oh. he was sort of like famous in the papers all the time, and he's, was always ripping people off and did like some diet teas and stuff. He's been arrested yeah, in a lot of different tea. countries. Yeah, and also yeah, in Buckle's absolutely. backyard, he got arrested. <laughs> Fantastic, wasn't it? You can't wow. make it up. <laughs> so, how, so yeah, what um, was he doing in your backyard? Well, he lived right next door to us, and we had this big shrub that was between ours and his house, And but it was really dense and well-pruned. You couldn't see through it. It was like Is that really right? Dense. So we had no idea, but then um, he's bundled over the fence. So I got there about 10 minutes after. My girlfriend's um, standing there pretty rattled, and she's, um, she's like, oh, I'm like, what's happening? And she's like, some big chubby unkept fellas jumped over the fence his pants fell down and he tripped over and the police then the police followed then a camera crew followed and it turns out it was a current affair (laughs) (laughs) and perko what did you see from inside the shrub (laughs) 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 that's what i needle in my backyard (laughs) it was gnarly it was yeah, it was crazy. And then, uh, so I didn't actually see the arrest, but I got to see the current affair um, episode with him on it. But I saw all the police around, milling around. But the uh, the next morning, because I, I didn't have to work, my girlfriend did. So I was there in the morning at about eight o'clock. It just had nearly every media outlet lined up. I had oh. Channel Sunrise. I had the Gold Coast Bulletin. I think ABC News were even there. Oh, wow. Did you do the classic? So we just lined up. 
Buckles, did you, did, did, were they chatting to you at all? Did you do the classic, yeah. oh, mate, never suspected a thing? Like, <laughs> we, yeah, we just didn't suspect a thing. And then you, had, you got caught with all these burner phones and everything. And so I had to tell it as like I didn't actually see it. But I came 10 minutes after. My girlfriend saw it. But naturally, they spin it around to go, and this is what he saw. So, yeah, yeah it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I had to. Uh, a real bloody con men are in a current affair. Tim from Brisbane, what's your backyard story? Hey, going? Uh, yeah, I moved into a uh, new share house and part of the condition was, oh, Tim, you've got to go in the backyard and clean out the, the back shed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the housemate that's just moved out, got a pile of rubbish in there. All right, yep, no worries. Cleaning it out, yanking on this big bag of um, rubbish. Uh, it bag bursts, a used condom... That's three months old, falls on my head. Oh! Oh! oh. No. Yeah. What, what was it doing there? <laughs> it had been thrown away. Old, been mate, thrown out. old mate had hoarded oh. bags of absolute stills rather than putting it in the bin like a normal person, oh. had been stashing them in there for the year that he'd been living there. Oh. Did, it, um, did it fall on your head and ricochet off, or did it fall and stick? Oh. Uh, it, it was a bit sticky. Oh, oh, God. God. Oh. Yuck. Did you, how did you, because, like, how do you clean yourself from that, like, physically and spiritually? Like, how do you quickly go, like, for me... I would have quickly run to the shower. I would have probably bleached my face. Yeah. I know that's not he- uh, healthy no, if no. you're ever no. thinking about doing would that. Would be dangerous. But... Would be. Yeah. Well, anyone within a uh, kilometre radius would have imagined um, a young girl getting murdered because I screamed <laughs> at the top of my lungs. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. That's fair. I think. Just shocked. Yeah, I, I just uh, boiled my face for about yeah. half an hour. Oh. What's your backyard hey, story? How you going, team? I'm, um, I was I was having a family reunion at our place. I was about ten years old. Uh, I'm known for my flatulence. I oh. backed away from yes. You're just known away in the for room. flatulence. I thought, I'd, I thought I'd pop one out, and it not only sounded weird, it felt weird. So lo and behold, I've experienced my first shart. Mm-hmm. It literally popped. I'm now thinking, God, all my cousins are around. I need to really get to the toilet quickly. So, long story short, get into the toilet, rip the soiled dax off. I've cleaned myself up, flushed the toilet. What the hell am I going to do with these green undies? I've rushed outside into the backyard, very quickly dug up a hole. I've buried said undies. Buried the evidence. Yeah, good. good buried start. the evidence. Like a dog. Four or five years later, my father is digging a new garden bed for his chilies. <laughs> I hear my name called and I've run outside to the picture of my father waving his garden fork around, these soiled undies wrapped around one of the prongs. What is this? So I explained the story and it was hilarious. He had a good laugh. That was the what did what did the damage look like after five years? Would it would have gotten worse or better? I really didn't get that close. It was I was mortifying the first time around. I really didn't revisit that. I didn't want to revisit that. Doobie, I know we skipped past this, but can I ask when you say you were known for your flatulence, <laughs> how far and yes. wide was this tale told? Just in the family, uh, traveling singers would it, walk around. People the... towns over. Did they know about your flatulence? Uh, my work colleagues, everyone who's currently listening, are probably pissing themselves laughing because they know I'm good at it. <laughs> good at it.
Peter in Sydney. G'day, Peter. What is your backyard story? So I was in New Zealand, and it was my first time ever going to New Zealand with my um, my new partner at the time. And it was my first time kind of meeting all of his friends and his family. And, um, yeah, so we were hosting a New Year's Eve party to kind of meet all these people, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, we, I was busting to go to the toilet, and there was only one toilet in this house. And I was waiting, waiting, I couldn't wait any longer. And then I just remembered that the room that we were staying in, there was kind of like this little deck and there was kind of a little backyard, like tiny. I didn't think anyone would be out there, right? So I raced out there, raced, race, race. And then I just literally turned around, pulled my skirt up, pulled my undies like down to my ankles Mm -hmm. and then like popped a squat off the deck. Oh, so you're on like a first floor deck above the little garden. Yeah, yeah, like it is, and it's just this tiny little backyard. Everyone, the party's in the house, right? The party's all in the front yard. Like, people have got tents there. Like, I'm talking, people have come all over New Zealand to come here. Right. And then I've popped this squat off the deck, and next thing I just am met with this massive cheer, like cheer, clapping. And I turn around, and there's a whole bunch of people sitting up on this hill, like in this tiny little backyard, just chilling out, having some time alone, and uh, watching me drop my dax and wee off the <laughs> deck. <laughs> and so these, these were all people from the same party? Yes, yeah. Yep. This Perfect. is like family, friends, and your new partner, and they're all watching yes. you. Squat and yep. I, 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 sorry, I didn't quite pick up there. Was it number one or a number two that was being? Oh, number one, number okay. one, number sure, one. okay. Yeah. Yeah. You say that like it's way better. <laughs> it is better, but it's not that much better. You're still pissing off a deck, you know. Yeah. How was it in front of complete strangers? Yeah. Exactly. Once you got back downstairs, would you say it made you more or less popular? Maybe a little bit more popular yeah. because everyone cheered, and I kind of turned like turned around and like coyly waved at everyone. And yeah. Finished and pulled everything up and just kind of like waved everyone like I was kind of like the center of attention. Like, look at me. <laughs> it's and actually then... great advice. If anyone is ever meeting their partner's friends, consider a high profile we. Anyone, has anyone popped a squat in front of family? Anyone? No, God, Lewis, no. Perko? No. Ever popped a squat in front of family? Sorry, not your family. I would say your in laws. Partner's family. Your or potential in laws. No. no way. No. I don't. No. Like, that would be madness. I, never at a, at a party of any kind mm. have I defecated outdoors. No, she was doing a number one. She made that very clear. Yeah, still. She's doing a wee. It's also a different vibe if you're a fella, I think. Yeah. yeah. If, I, yeah. if I had the, you know, dick out in front of the family's yeah, parents no, or whatever, they'd be like, oh, I think this guy's actually crook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about this one. Yeah. <laughs> We also had some great nicknames in that little block of calls, didn't we? Mm, we oh had yeah. Buckle in Byron and Doovy in Lennox. And I will say, Byron and Lennox, very close together. Oh my yeah, So goodness. I think that area might Maybe be the, generating some good nicknames. The Northern Rivers. The Northern Rivers. No 5G towers, lots of great <laughs> nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> they come up with good nicknames for each other while they're recovering from polio. <laughs> Uh, shout out to both Doovy and Buckle. Um, <laughs> let's get to some more stories, shall we? Coming up, you're going to hear about one of our favourite things ever on this podcast, an insurance cover-up. Our next story comes from Melbourne. Nate, what's your backyard story? So I kind of woke up in a tree. Okay. You woke up in a tree? <laughs> All right. Had you, had you gone to sleep in the tree or did you not uh, remember no, that before? I, I had tied myself to the tree. Oh. oh. Uh, in your sleep? Or, for, or is it a protest? 
No, no, no. Um, so some people took the piss out of me because I'm a rock climber and they were like, mm, you, you couldn't climb that tree. And I was like, I'll sleep in that damn tree. Oh, huh. and the tree was in your backyard, so, I imagine? Uh, this was in my friend's backyard. Oh, okay, right. Okay. So you, to so prove them wrong, I, you climbed up a tree, tied yourself to it and had a nap? Yeah, about four and a half metres up. Woke up the next morning and had to get someone to cut me down. Uh, <laughs> how that sounds desperately uncomfortable. Would did you mm. do it again? No, Jesus mm. Christ, no! <laughs> Don't get angry at me, Nate. I'm not the one who did it. <laughs> I could have told you it was a bad idea before I did it once. <laughs> Hugh, what's your backyard story? Hey guys, uh, yeah, so we're down at my parents' shack. My brother and I decided we'd go over and play some football in our neighbour's yard. Uh, after playing around for a bit, my, bu- my brother boots the ball and it misses me and heads straight for one of the windows, completely smashes the window. And I've just looked at him and he's just got his hands on his head and just can't believe what's happened. We've like, how do we get away with this? So we ended up going back over to the shack. We're like, uh, Mum, we've kind of broken a window next door. Mum's like, you got to be kidding me. And then we were sort of planning what we can do. And then it was funny because that day we were down at the beach and we noticed a dead bird on the beach. And we're like, do we put the bird inside the house? And, you know, they think that this bird is flown into the window or something. We're like, no, no, we'll accept defeat. We've actually done this. So we had to explain to the neighbours when they got back what's happened and we ended I boarded up the window and had to get a new pane of glass and everything, and oh, it was a big ordeal in the end. I reckon go for the dead bird. Next yeah, time. it's <laughs> yeah. worth a try, isn't it? Oh uh, no, we thought we we thought we should do it, but then we're like, we get caught out there, and we're like, why would you bother covering it up? Just like just accept it. I mean, I know our show has been in trouble for endorsing insurance fraud before, mm. but the insurance companies would pay for it if it's a bird, wouldn't they? Yeah, sure. exactly. I'm sure they would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're not encouraging it, but it's a very good idea. <laughs> Out of Melbourne, Sarah, what's your backyard story? My friend uh, was walking home from school. She lived pretty close to school and needed to do a poo um, after school, as you do. Yeah, and, sometimes. Uh, as you do. You know, it is. Cool. everyone leaves school and immediately needs to poo. Yeah. <laughs> so walk home. And um, so she got home, realised she didn't have her key and was pretty desperate. So... Uh, took a dump in her backyard, um, and then her dog, Ding, um, proceeded oh. to eat her poo. <laughs> Dogs are disgusting. Dogs are gross. They're so gross. And do you let your dog lick your face, Perko? No. Okay. Because he does eat his own shit. He so. eats his own shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exclusively do his own. And possum. If you... <laughs> I mean, would he, do you think if you took a shit in the backyard, for, or not that you have one, maybe on your balcony, do you think he yeah. would drink and eat I don't think either? so. I don't think so. He won't touch other dog shit. He hasn't been around that many human shits out in the world. Huh. Um, so, look, happy to do the experiment if you really want to find <laughs> I, out, I honestly, guess. Honestly, I'd love that. Yeah. I would love if you did that. <laughs> I'd love if you, please report back. You know what? Call into Dr. Carl on Thursday and tell him you've done the experiment. <laughs> I think live stream it. Get the get a phone yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, go live. Views up. Perko's going to take a shit on a balcony. Wait to see if her dog eats it. And people say this show has lost its way. <laughs> Doug in Boddington, what's your backyard story? Oh, look, I came home from work one afternoon many years ago and to greet my dog at the back door and he's, I'm looking at him and thinking there's something really weird with him. He had discovered bags and bags full of used babies' nappies 
and been rolling around in them for oh. hours, I would expect. It was disgusting. Oh. Oh. Where did you was, got them from? Were they yours? I, in, no, no, no. Uh, in a place I was renting, I discovered a, a buried pit of bags of used nappies, mate. It was feral. Oh. His oh, ears were stuffed nice. down. His fur oh. was all stuck down. Now, I'm a garbo now, and oh. I still can't find any smell that comes close to it. Oh. It was terrible. Oh. Yeah. And he was so happy. He was just bouncing around going, play with me. And I'm going, <laughs> dude, I've got to catch you and hose you off. It was, oh, it was disgusting. Oh. I don't think there's a, a hose with a pressure setting strong enough. <laughs> Did you um? How did you get it off? Was it like a shave the hair off situation? <laughs> no, I gave the dog away. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! That story from Duck, disgusting, gross, truly upsetting. I think we need to move on. Yep. Uh, so, Perco Lewis, can I invite you to join me in listening to a bonus? Bonus. Caller. Did you say bonus? I can't remember. Look, we've got to move on. Don't have time. Named after the late great, maybe still alive. Uh, the friend of the Pied Piper of Cleveland Pat himself. Bone, Pat Bone, apparently. Bone. <laughs> Pat Bone. <laughs> Mr. Skeleton himself. Pat Bone. And our... Mr. Skeleton. <laughs> Pat. Once our... he's passed away, he'll be Pat Bone. But <laughs> now he's still Pat Bone. And our bonus caller today is from Tom. G'day, Tom. What is your backyard story? So when I was a little bit younger, uh, my brother, his mate, myself, we all thought we were a bit of a military unit and we uh, used to dress up in army gear from like the disposal store. And at night times in the evenings, unbeknownst to our parents, would see how many backyards we could get through without being spotted, without being caught. Just jumping, yeah, jumping fences, dodging dogs, uh, hiding behind things when people came out their back door going, Hello, puss, 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 puss. And I go, basically seeing where we could get to. Uh, we, wow. we tackled a couple of bowling greens on the on the nights. And, wow. Yeah, how, when uh, you say you were younger, yeah. how old were you? Is this like 10, 11, 12, uh, like 16, 17? No, I was 19 and my okay. brother was 17. So right. okay. dangerously. Okay. Where did you grow sorry? up, Tom? Because this feels like the kind of thing that you would do in a very boring part of the world. No, really boring. Really ordinary urban Bayside Melbourne. Uh, mm. Look, look, it was it, it was fun. Uh, no intention to do any damage or anything like that. The real intention was just not to get caught. Yeah. It, on the odd occasion, went a bit weird. Uh, we were crossing a bowling green when Bingo finished, and I hid behind a very narrow tree that wasn't really quite as wide as my body. And somebody walked up to the car right in front of that tree and sat there for twenty minutes. I know if they were snogging or warming the car or something like that. And I just pissed myself. I literally pissed myself because I was just going, oh, this is not good. Um, wow. They went. And I what would have happened, though, if you got caught? Yeah, they were you just weren't doing like, anything wrong. They were just like, oh, you're here um, in the bowling green. And then. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it being in someone's backyard. I, I've got to say, this is 40 years ago. Um, <laughs> Probably sure. would have got away with a few things. Sure. Uh, nowadays, sure. you probably nowadays you get shot before anybody asks questions. I think. 
Well, I mean, it's definitely, it's one of those things that I can see in one way that it's just a bit of childlike whimsy. Mm. You know, I can see, I can see a world where it is, it is very fun. Mm. I can also see a word, a world where you are. It's pretty frightening. Trespassing in someone's backyard and they see you and freak out because there's three people in military gear in their backyard. (laughs) Well, I mean, you were 17 and 19. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there were other activities. Old kids. Older kids. Okay. People went to Gallipoli at that age. (laughs) But that's true. Hey, but we stopped them picking mushrooms in the state forest. Yeah, yeah no, nah, you're right. You're heroes. Yeah, you're eco-warriors. Thank you for that, Tom. Thank you for the story. No worries. Thanks so much, Tom. Have a good one. You ever thought about getting into the tactical gear when you were spying on your neighbours, Perko? At least I was like five years old. By 17, 19, I was at least hanging out with friends at a pub, you know? I want to see witnesses of these friends. I, don't <laughs> I reckon okay, your friends were at the pub and you were on a table in the beer garden watching them with binoculars. That's my theory. <laughs> uh, well, Perko, it is the time where you have to leave the backyard, come back into the house and get serious. Clean yourself up, hop in the shower, and then it's tea time. And right after that, for dessert... You have to do your only job, which is make a decision. Pick your best story. Uh, I was hoping for jelly, but I'll make a decision <laughs> instead. We did hear some great stories from some great names. Remember Doovie? That's fun stuff. <laughs> we should just do an episode once where you have to have a wacky name yeah, to call you, in. Your story can be absolute dog shit, but yeah. if you've got a wacky name, we're yeah. in. Um, so, yeah, loved, loved some of the stories that we've heard. But I think it has to go to Buckle in Byron Bay, for having con man Peter Foster arrested in the backyard, um, having lived next door to him that whole time. I just think that's very, uh, it's a fun story. And also the next best option was somebody um, shitting themselves. Mm. And I just thought, you know, let's <laughs> let's move away from that being rewarded could all the time. The, could this be the time that Simple Jest becomes a classy outlet? Today's the day, baby. Wow. Well, congratulations to Buckle. You win a big red sticker that says I was the best on Simply the Jest. You also win a golden ham chain keering courtesy of Hobbit Incorporated. Thank you to everyone who has called in with their stories. If you'd like to find out what the topic is for next week's Simply the Jest, please follow us on Instagram at not Hobbering official. Now, Lewis, I see there looking uh, on your phone at the Apple reviews yes. of the podcast. If you want to leave a review, five stars, please, is the minimum. It helps other people find out about our show. Lewis, what have we got this week? That's right. We got a couple of classic five stars, the minimum. Uh, thank you to Simple the Jest Fan 101 and Ria 2020 uh, just for your classic five stars. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple of other ones with a bit more detail. I think this one, we can all agree, starts off uh, quite well with a tone of troubling and then finishes off with something we all need to be a bit worried about. Okay. Okay. So the title of it is Thank You for a Great Babysitter. Huh. Ooh. They write, My darling daughter, age 10, adores your show. Without fail, every day, she heads to her playroom and I hear all of your dulcet tones coming from her iPod. I would like to say a massive thank you to all of you for babysitting her so often for us. Oh. And this is where it takes a turn. She says Jess is her role model and she wants to grow up to be just like her. Well, oh my goodness! Time to start spying on the neighbours, then, kid. <laughs> Climb a tree. Get out there. What do you think of the? If you were to give a tip to a ten-year-old to be more like you, Perko, what would be yes. the? What would be the number one tip? Develop anxiety. Yes. Interesting. Um, do you think? Interesting. I reckon if there's a ten-year-old listening to this podcast, by osmosis, 
she's got anxiety <laughs> for the three of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm a great role model, and I think um, I think that darling daughter would be very lucky to grow up to be just like me. Well, here's the thing, because initially when I heard that, I was like, oh my goodness, this this poor this poor <laughs> young poor child, this poor child is going to grow up to shit themselves and piss everywhere. But that's actually not what Jess Perkins does. No, Jess Perkins has complete control over her bodily functions, that's but she right. just finds it very funny when others do. That's correct. <laughs> I I reward people for shitting and pissing themselves. <laughs> Your honour. <laughs> I uh, give them a sticker. <laughs> and also, I'd like to say thank you to the person who congratulated us on our 100 episodes. Oh, that's they, nice. They said, we're happy 100th. And they said, I, having been here since the start, would like to remind you of some things. Oh, yeah. Oh. Jess used to be reluctant to say bonus. Remember that? And back then it was bonus. Yeah. We used to have to cajole you and bully you. Remember that? And then just one day I just snapped. You just gave up. And I said, fine. If you're just going to keep doing it, I'll jump in there too. And finally, they also say, remember you used to call yourselves the Three Musketeers? Oh, yeah, there was that whole Porthos, Borthos, and Gorthos. Okay, well, it's Orthos, Porthos, and Aramis. God, you're a loser. And then D'Artagnan, the fourth musketeer. That's the listener! Because, <laughs> um, see, Joe, he's so, see, I see, I see you've, you've editorialised this a bit, Lewis, because that person who says happy 100th, and they're talking about the, the musketeers and whatnot, uh, yeah. they've also said hashtag bring back Jordan. <laughs> so, you know, you've, you've really left that out, haven't you, Lewis? <laughs> yeah, I have. I mean, they don't say bring back Jordan and get rid of Lewis. Maybe it's a fourth musketeer. Maybe Jordan is D'Artagnan. Oh, my goodness. Then what's the listener? The, li- the, the li- listener is um, the, the Cardinal Richelieu. <laughs> the evil cardinal who the three musketeers have to try to stop. All right, let's wrap this up. It was actually a quite a, a good satire on the you. Catholic Church to of the time. all of our producers this week, Ann Carter and Lou Hill. Uh, thank you to everyone who sent in the stories. And uh, thank you to Jess Perkins for joining us. You can go back in your little cupboard now. We'll see you next week. Bye. And thank you to Alexandre Dumas, the author, of course, of The Three Musketeers and so much more, Man in the Iron Mask. Putting myself back in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm known for my flatulence. Hobber and Hing are on a mission to find Australia's best competition. Is there a whistle or we just go? In Australia's best competition, competition. The TV show. Why have you done that? Come along as they take part in the country's weirdest, wildest and oiliest competitions. These guys got no idea. Painting, dancing, racing, a broken limb and nude embarrassment. (laughs) What else do you need? I feel like we should be arrested for this. Australia's best competition, competition. That was crazy! Did we win? Watch it for free now on ABC iView.